0: You are now entering into Frida's World. Tune in as we address various issues faced by women of color in the workplace. We'll help you navigate your professional and personal life the Frida way. It's Frida's World. What's What's Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it like you love church music, but you f- with future. That's clashing. It's Frida's World. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Frida's World. Wednesdays are one of my happier days. Why? Because I get to speak to you guys. So I hope you guys are having a great week so far. Um, my week, I will say, has been going, going okay. It's not as eventful as I would like it, but it's winter time, and I mean, who really wants to be out in these streets in the winter, anyways, right? But I do have a life update for those of you who follow me on my in, my personal Instagram, which is I am Rita Pierre, Rita spelled R I T H A, and for those of you who follow me on my According to RP Instagram, which is the um a radio show that I have on WJMS Radio, you guys know that um I had I've completed successfully the Daniels Fast, so twenty one days of not eating any sugar. Um, not eating any meat, no dairy, no breads, nothing processed. Pretty much I was eating fruits, vegetables, nuts, and drinking water and whole grains. So I was eating like oatmeal and quinoas and, and things of that nature. And it was definitely a struggle. It was a struggle because I love to eat, you know, starchy foods, cookies, cakes, greasy foods. Um... I don't eat but actually no let me take that back. I love to engage and indulge. I do not eat these things every day. I always thought that I was somewhat of a healthy-ish eater. Um but I guess when you throw in drinking alcohol and drinking coffee, which you also cannot have. You can't have any alcohol, any coffee, any caffeine, period. And no meat and no dairy. That's a totally different ballgame. I would probably say that my diet on a daily basis consisted of at least a meat or dairy product. So it was definitely um, interesting in the first couple of days. I think I had the shakes, Um, but I successfully got through it with the help of one of my friends. Shout out to my homeboy, Jackie Joseph, who also um did the daniel's fast. We actually did it together. I think it was my idea and he he was like, "Sure, I'll go through torture with you for 21 days." Um but we did it and there I feel like so much better. I feel so much lighter. I lost 10 pounds. I keep talking about this 10 pounds that I lost because for me that's a big deal. I was having issues losing weight for whatever reason. Um but I look like I lost 10, you know, 10 pounds. I just feel good. And although the fast ended this past Sunday on the 24th of February, I'm still doing it, really, because I haven't eaten any meat, any dairy. I'm not eating any sugars. I'm maintaining this vegan-ish diet. I'm not eating any rice. So I don't know. Maybe this might be a whole lifestyle thing for me. Maybe Maybe I will forego... Forgo meat after all. I don't know. We'll see. I think the reason that I'm continuing with it, though, is because I see the effects and I feel the effects and I don't want to go back to how I was feeling, you know, a month ago. Like, this is such a positive change for me. Like, I don't want to mess it up. So... That's my life update. I don't really have anything else to talk about in terms of life updates. Hopefully, I mean, if you guys have a life update, if you guys have something amazing, maybe a job promotion or I don't know, maybe you're going to be backpacking through Europe for the next three months, like definitely let me know. Send me an email at uh, Rita. R-I-T-H-A at Frida freeda women C dot com. And if you want me to share your life updates, I will do so. So today's show, I'm gonna be talking about surviving your lady bosses in the workplace. So hashtag surviving your female boss, hashtag surviving boss lady. I mean This topic came to me, I would say a few weeks ago, I was talking to one of my very close girlfriends and she was talking to me about, you know, um, one of her supervisors turning up and acting up with her for no ass reason. And because I know my friend, I know her work ethic, I know her temperament or personality, I know that she was not exaggerating. She was not lying to me when she was talking to me or explaining the experience She had with her supervisor. And, you know, it just got me thinking to my past encounters with female supervisors and how they weren't always positive interactions. And I find that, you know, it's it's not necessarily like some people will say that they have bad experiences with, you know, bosses of color female bosses of color for me I feel like it's any female boss like my issues for the most part stemmed from my interactions with my white female bosses um I can't really recall a time where I actually had a a, a female boss of color that acted up with me or that tried to assert herself my experience did more come from the white people but um I find it very interesting, you know, that in this day and age, right, in 2019, where we are talking about women empowerment on a daily basis and women empowerment groups are springing up, you know, like nobody's business. They're all over. Everyone has a women empowerment group and empower, women empowerment support system. I mean we are seeing in the media how you know women are just supporting women. Um there's this big movement to do so. But yet in the workplace it's like this movement has not caught on because we're still women are still complaining, subordinates are still complaining, women colleagues are still complaining about their supervisors, their bosses that are somehow hating on them simply for because they're a woman and they're doing great. And it's not, like, it's not something that you know, we're thinking or we're conjuring up. I mean, we see it with our own eyes. We see that there, there's a different treatment for the males um, in the workplace than there is for the women in the workplace when it comes to the female boss. Like the female boss will treat her male subordinates much better than they will a lot of times. I'm not saying every time, their female subordinates. And, you know, it's a it's very puzzling to me in this day and age why that is still a thing. But, you know, I've done some research and I've asked around. I've talked to a lot of my friends who are literally suffering at the hands of their female bosses as to why they think that is the case. And I turned to the Internet, which is available for everyone and, you know, has answers to everything as to what. What others, you know, what some of these scholars, these blog writers, um, you know, news outlets, what what is their take on this situation of, you know, women bullying women in the workplace, right? And so, I mean, again, I talked, you know, I have stories for days. You know, you guys know I have stories for days um, about situations. But I feel like, I mean, I feel like at least maybe the majority of us, at some point in our careers have felt like we were being ambushed in some way, shape or form or bullied by our female supervisors, right? I mean, there, some of us have been subject to public shamings, public humiliation tactics at the hands of our female supervisors. I mean, some of us, and and this is again, just talking to some of my friends, There have been times where they were purposely left off email chains. Um, I don't know if it's for them to, you know, for the subordinate to just look, you know, unprepared in the face of the other colleagues or other managers. I don't know. But, I mean, it's kind of gotten out of hand on many occasions where, you know, the bullying has really gotten real. And it's like, it's one thing if it was maybe behind closed doors. But a lot of times these female supervisors, they, they, you know... Conduct their negative actions in public, so it's like it's literally there almost to shame you um, and to publicly humiliate you so that your colleagues, you know, I guess, come to the conclusion that you are incompetent or you're not on your game as much as maybe they thought you were on your game. It's really interesting. Um, but it's you know again, the question is why 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 is this women empowering movement not translating in the workplace, right? Now, I feel like what likely triggers these bad behaviors from our female bosses, so again, the you know public shamings, uh, the bullying, and things of that nature, I think it's because they're a lot of times intimidated by your greatness, right? I mean, think about it. If you're a female supervisor in, you know, a, a firm or office, you know, whatever, you you maybe you just got that promotion or maybe you've held this title for years. And then here comes this young spring chicken. Um, you know, full of energy, full of, you know, new ideas, innovative, creative, um smart, sharp, you know, great, amazing. I can understand to a degree why there would be maybe a level of insecurity or intimidation because it's like this chick is about to get my job like she's coming up here with all these new ideas like she's gonna get my job like I am going to lose this title I'm going to use this lose this power that I have and this young woman who's out here killing it is gonna be the one to take it from me and I can't have that. And so therefore, I must engage in negative behavior to make sure she knows who the Queen B is in this office setting, who the HBIC is in this office setting. And so I think a lot of times it's their insecurity and, the, you know, just them being intimidated by your greatness that causes them to lash out in such a negative way. And it's so unfortunate because it really shouldn't be like that, you know. Women are still not viewed as equal in the workplace. Our pay is still not equal to the salaries of males. You know, a lot of our office settings are still male dominated and the culture is still boys club. So you would think or you would hope at least if there are one or two females working in an office setting that they would want to band together and be each other's support system and kind of figure out how can we overcome this patriarchy, patriarchal system that's going on in this workplace. How can we as women, the two, three women that are here come together and assert ourselves and demand equal pay, demand equal rights, demand respect, demand more leadership roles, right? Just because there's only, you're the one leader in this office setting doesn't mean that there can't be two. I think- these supervisors. And if you are a supervisor, you need to listen up to, you know, um, hopefully you're not one of those that are um, causing terror to other women in the workplace. But maybe, you know, maybe you could be in a position to kind of like change the office culture a bit. I, th- I feel like if you are in these positions of power, that your main job really is to really take the other women under your wing and kind of show them, hey, I see that you're bright. You know, you remind me of me. You know, even give pat yourself on the back. You remind me of me when I was coming up in the game, when I first started here. You know, similar to me. You know, you have all these ideas, all this stuff. Let me show you how to be better so that one day you can be where I'm at. Or if that's too much, let me help you be even greater so that we can demand more leadership roles in this, in this place because they should not just be me in position of power here. We should have more roles for women in this job. That's really what should be happening. But unfortunately, in a lot of settings, it's not it's not the case, and the insecurity I think is really one of the main factors because you're probably feeling, you know, these supervisors are probably feeling, I'm not even qualified. I was not even qualified to get this position because maybe, maybe they didn't earn it. Maybe it wasn't a meritorious promotion. It could have been, you know, somebody who knows somebody, and you got promoted, or maybe it was a situation where you know, everybody was leaving the office and it was like, I guess you're the most senior person here. I guess we'll elevate you even though you don't really deserve it. And so it could be the fact that you're feeling that, or you know that you're unqualified for your position and you're intimidated now by this new talent that's going on here, right? Um, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's really crazy. And it's really sad because a lot of us, um, women of color, especially, we are in these work settings, and we just we got so much stuff to deal with outside of the workplace. We got kids, we have family members to to deal with. We have side hustles we're trying to grow. Uh, we're trying to get our health together. We're trying to go to the gym. We have so many different things. Relationships, drama at the workplace is just not something we want to add to our list of you know struggles. You know, we're there, we're at the workplace for about eight hours a day, eight to 12, eight to 14, depending on where you work, right? You don't want to be spending eight to 14 hours of your day, of your life, a week, or yeah, a day, (laughs) eight to 14 hours a day in some sort of drama or feeling like that you have to walk on eggshells, that you are stressed and anxious at work because your female supervisor feels like she's unqualified and is insecure about your presence in the workplace, right? It shouldn't be like that at all. Um, but unfortunately it is. So, I mean, there, again, there are many other contributing factors. I mean, but they all kind of are along the same vein. Insecurity, feeling unqualified, lack of confidence, being in a male dominated setting that in a sense kind of sets women up to compete with each other because there are just few leadership roles for women. Again, Ie especially women of color. Um, so all of those things, you know, kind of add to why there's this woman on woman bullying in the workplace, but it really shouldn't, although they're, although they, they are reasons, you know, they're highlighted reasons. They should not, be excuses. Like I should not have to say, well, you know how this environment is. It's doggy dog world. So therefore, I mean, that's why I have the right to pick on you and bully you that it shouldn't be the excuse. And I think that a lot of times with a lot of the articles that are written on this topic and the talks that are written on this topic, it's almost as if it's kind of like, listen, that's how this world is. That's how the industry is. So, you know, in order for you to grow, these are part of the growing pains, and I call bullshit on that. Like you should not have to I sh- I read a peer should not have to deal with a crazy supervisor or a tyrannical supervisor and and chop it up to, well, it's growing pains. It shouldn't be like that. We should be in the business of helping each other elevate, get to get to higher heights, to improve skills. I am the first to say that I do not know everything. In, you know, I need to sharpen my skills all the time. You know, they have that that proverbial phrase, iron sharpens iron. But who's gonna sharpen my iron if my supervisor who holds all the skills or who's, you know, who should be in a position to really elevate me and help me achieve and to sharpen me thinks that I'm a threat and instead of sharpening me is trying to dull my pencil. It doesn't make sense, right? So I mean. What, what can you do though? If you are in these, it is not going to, you know, you going to your supervisor and just telling her, listen, cut the shit is not going to solve the problem right away. So how do you deal with this? How do you manage your workday? How do you manage your career under this type of regime, this bullying system, right? How can you diffuse the situation and not lose your job, but more importantly, not lose your sanity, well, I will tell you the first thing I think you have to do is detach yourself from the situation emotionally, right. Many of us are emotional beings. This has nothing to do with because you're a female, you're emotional. no. some of us are just emotional beings, and we just we can't let things go. we can't you know if we're if we're in a position where we are being stressed and we are made to feel anxious on a daily basis um and, you know, we're the subject of these attacks. It eats up at you. You, you want to say something, you want to do something, and then it kind of like, you know, it kind of consumes you. It takes over you, right? But you can't let your boss get to you. I know it's a little easier said than done, but I'm telling you from personal experience. Like, you can't let the boss get to you, Right. You can't allow her to, you know, to cause you to become somebody that you're not. Because the other thing that we do is that we end up, you know, we end up becoming like maybe we become nastier or we become or we become like, you know, we we start like, I don't know retreating. So it's like we, we may have been this bubbly person at work, but now because we're constantly being attacked, we're retreating to our office every second we get. We don't interact anymore. We're no longer on the floor. And we've become this like, you know, we've become this this silent mouse in the workplace. And, and it, that's not good either. You know, you, you can't you can't allow the experience to change you, right? What you need to do is just continue being great continue doing what you were doing continue believing in your abilities and continue to shine that's really you know in that particular setting like that's all you can do is continue to be you don't don't let this affect you emotionally don't let it consume you because once it consumes you then it starts affecting your work product and that's exactly what the she boss wants to happen, it. She wants to be able, like if she's insecure and she's on some, like, I need to protect my job by any means necessary, then yes, she is wanting you to crack and crumble and break so that you do mess up and that she can use that as a means to either terminate you, suspend you, or whatever it is that, you know, she wants to do in order to get you, to get the message to you that you are not great. And you will never rise and never elevate in this job. The second thing I would say is to find an ally or an advocate at work, right? And this doesn't have to be another female, although it would be great if it could be, but it doesn't have to be another female. But you just need somebody at that workplace, whether it's a partner or another manager um, or a senior, a senior executive, a senior um, you know, coworker a senior level employee that can advocate for you and vouch for you and be your ally in, in the workplace. So somebody who knows your work product, who knows your value, who knows that, all right, Rita is amazing at what she does. Like she's done some work for me or I've had conversations with her where she's talked about, you know, relevant things that may elevate this this company or whatever but you want to be able to find an ally who can advocate for you because if not you know the she devil might you know succeed in disparaging you or or making you seem as an incompetent creature because she's going to continue to try to set you up so having an ally is good make nice with your senior bosses you know what I mean find opportunities to let them to show them your value in the workplace. The third thing I would say is to collect and keep receipts. Okay, people, receipts are necessary. Even if you're in a work setting that is not hostile and where you love your bosses and your bosses love you, you still need to get in the habit of keeping and collecting receipts because everything is good until it's not good. So they might love you now, but depending on your industry and how things are measured, Things can be great now until they're not great. And everybody's always looking for an escape goat. They're always looking to blame somebody for something when shit hits the fan. So you you just want to get in the habit of collecting receipts, saving those emails, saving those transactions, saving those conversations. You know what I mean? Or if you just had a verbal conversation with a supervisor or a colleague about something important, you know, memorializing that. Put, putting that in writing. Hey, following up on our earlier conversation about X, Y, and Z. Just wanted to say X, Y, and Z. Following up so that your verbal communication has a paper trail. Collect and track your receipts. Keep all the email communications. I'm telling you, especially with that boss who you, even if you don't know 100% but your spidey senses are tingling, that this supervisor is on to something or up to something, Make sure you cover your ass at all times. C Y A. And along the same vein, kind of of keeping and collecting receipts, keep track of your wins. I know people who actually keep journals of all of the wins that they, you know, they achieve at their at their job. Keep an Excel spreadsheet. Do something, but keep track of your wins. And this goes, like I said, it goes a long way. So you could be, because you want to be able to point to how you've contributed to the growth of your firm or office setting. You know, you also don't want your female boss getting credit for the work that you performed either. So keeping track of the journal, you know, keeping a journal, keeping track of your wins and finding opportunities to talk about it. I mean, women of color. White people are doing it all the time. They're always reminding people of what they've done, what they've contributed. For some reason, women of color, we don't like to do that. We think that we're being braggadocious. We feel like we're being, you know, we're being pompous or arrogant. There is no place for that type of mindset when you are in a setting where you are either amongst wolves, lions, gunners, whatever it is. I'm not saying, I mean, you you will know when you're being arrogant or not, right? You will know when you're being a braggart or not. But when it comes to, you know, taking pride in the work that you've done and in your wins, like, do not let that candle, you know, that dim. I think that's the saying, right? <laughs> let your light shine. Don't let the the candle light whatever fall out. I don't know. Don't let the candle go out. There you go. There you go. I was raised by immigrant people, so sometimes my analogies are not quite as American as they should be. But yeah, don't let the candle blow out. Like, don't let that fire go out. Like, make sure that if you did something great, especially something that is, saves money for your company or puts them on the map, definitely find ways to bring that up casually. Because I'm telling you, your white counterparts are doing it every chance they get. And there have been times where myself, and this is something that I can attest to, where I, because I'm an ideas person. I come up with ideas for anything. It's just a gift, I guess. I don't know. But I've had many times, many situations come up where I've been with a supervisor and I'm just like, yeah, maybe we should do X. Maybe we should do Y. Maybe we should do Z. I think this would be really great. And then in like an all staff meeting, the supervisor's like, yeah, I was thinking that we can do X, Y, and Z. And people are like, wow, that's a great idea. And I'm sitting here like, chick, didn't I just tell you the other day that this was the idea that I have? And you were like, this is amazing. So what I have learned, and it's something that, I mean, you kind of got to be strategic about it. And it sucks that you got to be like that at the workplace. But again, you have to. Sometimes these amazing ideas that you have for yourself, if you know there is a weekly team meeting, a weekly all staff meeting, save your ideas for that weekly meeting. These one-on-one meetings you have here with your supervisor that you're sharing or giving all these pointers and sharing all these ideas, stop that. Stop that. Save those ideas, save those comments for this all-staff meeting where your supervisor is there. So she could still see that you're a rock star, but that everybody else also knows that you're a rock star. And like the head of the company or the general counsel or whatever will be able to hear your ideas for the first time. And so everybody is saying, Wow, that is a good idea. And it's and, and you're not gonna get upstaged. It is very easy for us to be upstaged. And I know at least, I know at least on one occasion all of you guys had to have had an experience where you felt like you were being upstaged by either a colleague or your or your supervisor in like a all staff meeting where they legit took your idea and ran with it. So yeah, so you want to make sure that you're keeping a journal and you're being very strategic as to how you are giving your ideas or sharing your ideas at the workplace because at the end of the day it is some sort of like a rat race depending on your industry. But, you know, you kind of have to do things to set yourself apart if you ever want to elevate and rise to higher levels at your job, right? And the last thing I would probably say is do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. In other words, uplift the other women in In the workplace, you know, again, I don't know where, what all settings you guys are working in, but in this day and age, I would hope to say that there is more than one woman (laughs) on staff at these workplaces. So it doesn't have to be, you know, um, a colleague that's exactly on your level. It can be the secretary. It can be the assistant. It can be whoever, you know, even like the cleaners. I don't know. But I feel like. You know, sometimes we get discouraged by the actions of our female bosses or, you know, the the lady bosses. We are a little discouraged by how they are treating us. And we're just like, man, this is how women treat women in the workplace. Like, and we just become disgruntled. And we don't realize that we kind of end up just closing ourselves off to other women. Um, I mean, I feel like I've... I've definitely done that in the past where my female supervisor was, you know, acting up and and it just put a bad taste in my mouth. And I'm just like, I don't want to be supervised by women to the to the point where I actually did. Because at that point, at that job, they tried this like new team structure and I found a way to get off of my team and get on the team where the man was supervising. All because I just was like, I am not dealing with this. Like this woman is a she devil, and the other women supervisors look like they're she devils, and it's and it's like you know, it's it's a bit of a mix though, right? Yes, they are she-devils. Yes, they are acting out and causing you a lot of stress and a lot of strife. But it's also, I would say, society and culture. A lot of that seeps into our psyche when we're dealing with other women. And what I mean by that is women are bitchy. Women are emotional. You know, they're on their cycles once a month. And so, you know, they're always—they're so emotional. They're so crazy. They're all this— we have to be careful with that too. And I, and I have to admit that, you know, there was a point in time and I, because of my experience with this woman where I'm like, this is exactly why I don't want women supervisors because she's probably on her period this month. And that's exactly why she's driving me insane this particular week. We do have to step away from that type of mentality. You know, we, we, because it's not fair. It really isn't fair, especially to the females, the women who are, doing what they need to do to help other women out and to be great bosses, that's not a, it's not fair to think that way towards each other. Right. And I think that that's the rhetoric that's been kind of like forced down our throats. Um, You know, men say it all the time. Women say it all the time. You know, women are bitchy, women are catty. And we kind of like go with that. But um, I feel like, you know, and unfortunately, like I said, it does, it does really um, shape the way we view other women in the workplace because I, for a good a good portion, was just like, nope, I am not. These women supervisors drive me insane. I cannot do it. I'm gonna find a way. If I'm on a team that's being led by a woman, I am gonna find a team that's being led by a man because I don't have to deal with this type of cattiness or bitchiness with my male supervisors, and that. That tends to be the idea. I mean, there are studies that even show that men have that same approach. Like, they do not like being supervised by women because of all the stereotypical things that come with being a woman. But I say all that to say this. Knowing this, having this, having this in mind, right— do unto others as you would like for them to do unto you. So your supervisor is driving you insane. I mean, listen, there are different ways to approach it. I gave you guys some 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 tips. If it really gets crazy, though, you got to do what you got to do. Go to HR. Try to set up a meeting. Maybe there could be some sort of mediation. Something to temper that situation. But when it comes to you as an individual dealing with your other colleagues who happen to be women or the support staff, the help staff, um, the cleaners, you know, depending on what industry you're working in. You know, uplift them. Find different ways to uplift them. Take that junior person under your wing, you know? Try to change the culture from within. Your super, your female boss might have set a nasty tone for women in the workplace, but that doesn't mean that you can't help change it, that you can't be part of the change and create the atmosphere that you deserve. You know, not, not because, you know, I deserve this to be like the best place ever, but meaning like, you don't deserve to be treated like shit. You don't deserve to be in a workplace where you feel like, you know, women are being pushed down and stomped on. You don't deserve to 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 go through that. So create the environment in which you deserve. Find the other women, whether it be like I said your colleagues or support staff or whatever. You know, find different ways to uplift each other. Maybe it's going to lunch once a month or Organizing some sort of activity or having like a meeting or something like that, something that that can help change the culture from within. Don't let Petty Betty Boss set the tone for how women in the workplace should treat each other. So with that being said, that's all I got for you guys today. I felt like this was a very important topic as we are moving, you know, moving along in the year. We are ending the first quarter, getting into the second quarter. And. You know, a lot of us, (laughs) we just started the new year and we're just like, man, I need to leave this job or man, I'm depressed. I hate my job because my supervisor is making my life a living hell. And, you know, you you, like you want to vent, but you don't know how to vent. You don't know how to fix it. And it's not going to be something that's going to be fixed overnight. I'm going to tell you right now. It's not going to be fixed overnight. Your female boss is not going to turn off her crazy overnight. But there are different things that you can do to at least protect your sanity and protect yourself. Because I am a firm believer that, you know, these, this, it all comes to light at some point. Like the crazy supervisor, something is going to give, you know, especially if you believe in God. If you're a God fearing person, you know that you cannot be, you will not be persecuted for too long. Um, and if you're not a God believer, but you believe in the universe, then the universe is going to be on your side at some point. You are going to like it's not it's not going to last forever. And I can say with again, with um, with experience that I've had situations where somehow the boss got fired. The crazy boss was fired and peace was back in Israel. You know, so, you know, you just have to hold on and do not allow that crazy supervisor, that female boss, the bully to dim your light and to make you feel like you are not amazing and that you are not um, worth it. You know, like you have to know your worth. You have to know your power and you have to know. Um, and you have to be confident. Be confident because nine times out of 10, that supervisor is probably not confident. Something is causing her to feel insecurity at, at your mere presence. So just, you know, keep that in your back pocket as you continue on through your work day today and through the rest of the week. So. It's a wrap, everyone, for this episode of Frida's World Podcast. Um, oh, but right before I leave, though, definitely visit our website, guys, FridaWomenNYC.com for our latest accessories. We have some events coming up, so you definitely want to check out our website for our upcoming events. We have a, a open mic night that's going to be during the third week of March. I think either March 20th or 21st here in Brooklyn, New York. There will be more information about that. But follow us on our social media, um, Frida, F-R-E-E-D-A, N Y C on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook for you to get all these latest updates on what we're doing, the events that we're doing, our partnerships that we've recently um, forged. Um, we recently forged an amazing partnership with a women's shelter in Brooklyn and we are going to be doing monthly um, workshops. So I'm going to be calling out for some of my Frida women to come help me put on some of these workshops for this women's shelter. Again, amazing opportunity. We're really trying to do great things, but again, go to our website, check out our accessories, check out our week, our monthly blog and um, our upcoming events. So you can be, you know, part of like really part of the Frida fam. Um, And Okay, I keep saying last but not least, but this is finally the last but not least. Subscribe, 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 guys. I need you to subscribe to the SoundCloud. Those of you who are on iTunes, you know iTunes, they rank these podcasts. And we're really trying to make make sure that we get up there, that Frida's World is a, a, a name, right? Is a popular name. So please, subscribe, leave a comment Share with your friends. We're also on Stitcher. I don't know too many people who are actually listening on Stitcher. I know maybe like one or two, but Stitcher, do what you need to do, guys, to help your sister out uh, with this podcast, guys. I think that I think we're on to amazing stuff here. And I definitely want the world to hear. So again, with this being said, <laughs> have a good week, guys, and talk to you guys next week. It's Frida's World What's it like, what's it like Classy and ratchet at the same time You clash it Like you love church music But you f*** with future That's clashing It's Frida's World